Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Today we're going to talk about decisions. Tell us about the decisions. How many know that we are the total sum of our decision? We are. I, I believe that life is nothing more than an equation of the decisions that we make and the outcomes that result from those decisions. I've seen people die and go into eternity. And they didn't regret. They didn't regret the times, you know, you watch TV or play pinochle with somebody and all this stuff. The, the regrets when people are calling people to the bedside and, 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 and trying to make peace with somebody is over decisions. Somebody say decisions. Decisions are very important. It all started back in Genesis. God created Adam and Eve. He breathed the breath of lives into them. He said, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue, and all that stuff. But he, then he took them to a tree. He said, oh, everything else in the garden you can eat. Everything else you can eat. But this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat it. He said, well, why would God do that? You know why? Because love is not true love unless there's a choice involved. See, I don't love, see, my, my, my true love for my wonderful wife is not tested when I'm sitting right beside her all the time and we sitting across from each other uh, in, 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 um, at, at the restaurant and I'm, we making goo-goo eyes at each other. That's not when my love is put to the test. The love is put to my test when there's another fine little thing that walk by and say, hey, aren't you Pastor Tony? I really enjoy your clips on Facebook and here's my number. The true love is when I make a decision to walk away. <laughs> Somebody say decisions. And so true love, true loyalty, true dedication is not unless there is a decision. I would dare to say that, that decisions are so valuable. Uh, the, the marketplace in America, our capitalistic system, values people who can make decisions. That's the reason a brain surgeon gets paid different from a janitor. Because of the decisions they have to make. Am I making sense today? Somebody say Decisions. But to, to tell you the truth, y'all, most people don't like making decisions. You know why? Because we are a society who loves options. And for me to choose this, I'm saying no to that. And God is telling us, if you're going to do what I called you to do, How many of you know you have a calling on your life? God has called you to high. He's called you to greater. He's called you to do exploits. Tell somebody, that's all. That's, that's, that's me he's talking about. Well, there's going to come a fork in the 
where you're going to have options. And see, in society, we love having to put a hand over here, put a foot over here. You know, I used to play, what's that, Twister? Spin the thing, I got a foot over here, I got a head over here, because I want to have everything at my disposal just in case. But with God, there is no option C. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Tell somebody, make a decision. Make a decision. And the only true way you're going to fulfill what God has called you to do, I'm talking to the college students, I'm talking to the old people, as long as we live, we're going to be making decisions. And we got to live with those decisions, y'all. Can, can all the older people in the room, me included, I'm just about to be 40. I know I look good for it. But if you could have a do-over, in golf they call it a mulligan, wouldn't you make some different decisions? On where to work, who to marry. Oh, Lord, I don't want to get no trouble started. <laughs> don't, don't shake your head. Just look straight. Just look straight. Look straight. Don't shake your head. This, I mean, look straight. <laughs> no, I don't want to start no fights in here. But if we could do it all over again, I talk to people all the time. Say, if I knew now, and if I knew then, isn't that right? If I knew then what I knew now, I would make different decisions. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about decisions. We're going to talk about a story. And I'm going to leave you with three points and we're going to go. I want you to turn with me to John, the fifth chapter. Somebody say the choice. You have a choice in the matter. See, the devil will, will want you to believe that you don't have a choice. He wants you to get emotional to what we make crazy decisions. Well, I couldn't help it because they did this and they did that. And they, no, no, you tell somebody, you have a choice. You have a choice. John, the fifth chapter, second verse says this. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Those are people that can't do anything for themselves. The blind, the halt, the wither, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel to come down at a certain season to the pool and trouble the water. Whosoever first is after the troubling of the water steps in will be made whole. And what's, of whatsoever disease they had. And a certain man, somebody say a certain man. Now let me tell you something. Whenever the Bible says a certain man, that, that it is purposely left ambiguous so that you can insert yourself into it. Tell somebody he's talking about me. It's saying there was a certain man who was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been down there for a long time in the case, he said to him, will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me. Somebody say decisions. And so I just want to talk about three things. We'll do a little case study. Is that all right? I ain't going to make y'all brain hurt a little bit. Do a little bit of case study. We're going to talk about the things that cause us to make wrong choices and decisions. The first thing I want you to write down is surroundings. Somebody say surroundings. If you notice when he gave the description, he said that they were at the pool at a sheep market. You got to understand that this 
was going on. It was a certain festival was going on in the pool at the sheep market. That is where the herdsmen took their sheep to wash them off before they took them to the temple to sacrifice them. And so it wasn't no pool like we talking about. It's a dirty place. It's the sheep market pool. You know what? You know what that represents? It represents the church. That the church is never going to be perfect. It's a place where dirty people come to get clean. See, people hold the church at a standard. It's too much mess in there. And I don't know, I ain't gonna never, well, you know what? They, they messy on their job, but you're gonna go there in the morning. Huh? Am I telling the truth? They messy at Thanksgiving, but you get you getting your list together what you're gonna eat to run your pressure up. Got some vinegar in your pocket to take it back down after you eat that pork. But we make so many excuses. And the church is a place where dirty people come to get clean. And so for those of you who've been saying, as soon as I get right, I'm going to come. As soon as I didn't know, you can't do it. If you could do it within yourself, baby, it would have already been done. Tell somebody, just come. Let's come to the pool. But look, look, verse 3 says this, y'all. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, the halt, the withered, waiting for the movement of the water. So we're talking about surroundings. This man had been here in thir- for 38 years in the same place, waiting for the same thing to happen. But you know what? In his withered, in his crippled and impotent state, he got comfortable. Why? Because he found people who were just like him. So my question is, you, is the reason that you haven't changed? Is the reason that your, that your environment hasn't gotten better? Look at your surroundings. Who are you hanging with? Who are you talking with? Who, you know what? I can tell you what you value and what you, what you believe by giving me your phone. Whoever has your ear has your influence. If I was to grab somebody's ear, I could pull your whole body. Whoever has your ear has your future. So who's speaking into your life? Is it a house or whatever city? Is it a little hip-hop or whatever city? Is it Luda Wayne? Is it Jay-Z? Who has your ear? You know why? Because the word of God said, faith come by what, y'all? Hearing. And if faith comes by hearing, so does doubt. So does fear. So does trepidation. So, so does jealousy. All that stuff comes by your hearing. So I, I, I am preaching a message today because I want you to do some self-assessment because I believe that everybody in this room has a destiny that God has set before your life, but you must take some assessment just like this man. The Bible put it in that uh, description that he was around the pool with people who were just like him. You know why? Because if I'm in the mix, I don't have any accountability to change. Everybody's just like me. We in a struggle together. But God said, if you want to go further, you need to surround yourself with people, places, and things and get yourself influenced by things that are going to take you to that level that you're talking about. Somebody say surroundings. 
I got a quote for you. Whoever you create community with has influence over your future. Community, community. People you fellowship on a regular basis with. People you go out to eat with. People you send in texts with. People you send in videos with. People you talk on in late nights. See, I remember when I was in college, we used to stay up late nights and talk about life, talk about this, talk about that. And I'm telling you, uh, college is a wonderful time, one of the best times in my life, but it's also the most dangerous time. Because you are just leaving from under the shadow and the covering of mom and daddy, and other people can get your ear and your heart. I've, I've seen fellow students, I got many of them that are pastors, preachers, and all that stuff, and I saw, I saw other ones that became atheists and went off the left field and, and, and got caught up with some cult somewhere, and you never saw them anywhere, and they started looking bad. I said, man, what happened to you? What church is that you attached to? Are you looking like that? God's supposed to make you look better. And God is saying, I want you to start assessing your surroundings. Your surroundings are predictors of where you're going. Somebody say surroundings. The other thing is, he told Jesus, he said, uh, you, want, you want to be made whole? He didn't say yeah, he didn't say no. He described every year when this happens, when the water is troubled, people jump in front of me and there is nobody else to help me get in. You know what he was describing? He was describing a negative cycle. Somebody say cycles. So the first thing I want you to focus on is your surroundings. The second thing I want you to focus on are your cycles. You know, we are creatures of habit. We do the same thing. The same way, the same time. Some of y'all, uh, 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 an assassin could kill you real good because you drive the same way to work. You, you, sit at the, you sit at the same booth in the restaurant. Because we are creatures of cycle. We are, we, we are creatures of cycles. Somebody say cycles. And I believe that the reason our life has not getting, gotten any better, y'all, is because we are practicing negative and toxic cycles. Somebody say cycles. Everyone say, what do you mean, Pastor Tony? I'm saying your habits. Your habit is a cycle. The way you respond to things. The way, the way you plan. The way you do the, your response to things. Well, can, can somebody give you critical feedback or do you fly off with an attitude? Somebody say cycles. I'm glad y'all quiet because it means you're listening. I don't need no amens. Somebody say cycles. Haggai 1 and 5 says this. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your way. Consider your ways. If your, if, your, if your world is going haywire and everything, everything is, going, is going haywire, everything you touch seems to turn to gold, you on your fourth job and you got fired. Now, everything ain't wrong with everybody on that job. The common denominator is... Tell somebody, tell them, consider your ways. If you want your life to change, you need to consider your ways. I ain't talking, look, I'm not just talking to the young folk. Because there's some of us old crusties in here that need to consider. Y'all can tell I'm in between. I ain't quite old yet. I can talk a little bit. Tell somebody, consider your ways. 
Your ways are going to determine your methods, your strategies, your responses, and your habits. What you do habitually determines where you're going. I want you to do some assessment. I'm like, man, I didn't come here for no homework, but I'm telling you, if you want to attain, particularly those that are just at the at the threshold of, of our adulthood, and we got all oh, we got decades and decades to go. And God says, man, if you would get this right here and apply it to your life, it will revolutionize the way that you live for the for the next 50 years. If you just consider your ways, cycles. Some cycles we inherited from our parents. We, 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 we inherited from our surroundings. Some of us, we never saw daddy in the home. So I don't know how to be a man. Because I never saw a man. Or the man that I did see, I saw the back of his head leaving. Or if he was there, he was abusive to my mama and us. And I felt like he was bothering me more than undergirding me and making me feel like I was important. Has anybody ever been there? And so as a result, as a young lady, I don't trust men. And I I start creating a cycle of distrust of men. When God created one man for one woman to be her covering. Or... I'm seeking, trying to find daddy in every other man. And so I make myself a doormat all because I'm chasing after daddy. Or, may, or maybe it's mama that walked out. And so we, we, we busy. See, y'all don't understand. It don't start when you're young. See, if we don't address these things when we're young, it carries over until we were adulthood. And so then all of a sudden, I'm sitting across from my wife and I'm expecting her to give me something that my mama didn't give me. And all of a sudden, there's strife. All because we keep perpetuating negative cycles. Somebody do this. What you do over and over again is creating a direction for your life. Somebody say cycles. It's not too late to change your cycles. It's not too late to develop new habits. It's not too late to develop new strategies. (laughs) This is Jesus' response to him, y'all. In John, the fifth chapter. I'm just about finished. He said, when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been there a long time. And he said, will thou be made whole? Another translation says, will thou be well? And that's Jesus' question to everybody in this place. I know what you got going on. See, the Bible said that Jesus knew when he saw him, knew that he had been there a long time. But Jesus' response is, do you have the will to be well? Meaning, are you willing to make a decision to let negative things, people, cycles, and influences go in order See, Jesus, Jesus asked, asked him a retort. He says, are you willing to be well? Because Jesus knew. He said, I got the power to, to say something to you and you're going to get right up. But I've got a question of your will. I know baby people in this room, they got molested at an early age. 
They got abandoned. The, the, the people who you had confidence in, they walked away from you. They said they'd be there and they'd never be there. And you say, you know what? I don't need nobody. I make my own way. And so you got a callous and a hard heart. And God said, I am willing to give you everything I promise you, but it is a question of your will. Do you want to be well? Well, you, well people say, well, Pastor Tony, of course people want to be well. Uh, 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 uh. Jesus never would have asked a question. Everybody say with their mouth they want to be well. But when they find out what's attached to being well, uh, I'm good. You have to understand, people of God. See, I've been pastoring just over a year, about 18 months. But I was five years old when my parents started pastoring. And I was five years old, just, my, just like my baby Lauren, my middle baby. She always hanging around old folks. And you got to watch because she's so quiet. You have been around and start talking grown folks' business. She over there like a little iguana over there. Ain't making a move and listening to everything you saying. That was me. And in, in, in my watching my mother and father and them talking to people and counseling people, I found out this. People say they want to be well. When the truth, all they want is relief. It's hurting so bad. Pastor, when you lay hands on me, Pastor, am I telling the truth, Daddy? Pastor, pray this, pray this devil off me. I got in this situation. It's so bad, the devil breathing around my neck. I mean, he's about to get me, he's about to get me. And then being the man of God that he is and I am, we're going to pray for you. But as soon as the pressure gets off, we start back the cycle. And so the question is today, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well enough that you're going to walk away from people, places, things, systems, and habits that got you in this place in the first place? Tell somebody beside you and say, do you want to? I know you want the pain to stop. I know you want the spinning to stop. I know you want to get your life back on track. I know you're back, but do you want relief or do you want to be well? That's the question. So Jesus' is, Jesus is question is, do you want to be whole? I know I can do it. It don't matter whether you can get to the, to the water because Jesus said, I am the water. Hold on. I mean, I got to put a pin here. Aren't you glad? Well, he could not get to the water where the spirit was moving. And so the spirit of God himself, water came to him. Anybody ever been there where you, you didn't have the wherewithal, you didn't have the sense, you didn't have the intestinal fortitude to cry out to Jesus, but he came and he saw about you. Tell somebody, water has come to you today. Doesn't matter where you can get to the water. Water has come to you today. The living water has come to you. And God is saying, I know you want, I know the scars of what they did to you hurt. But are you willing to let it go? Because guess what? We love for God to say, I cast it into the sea of forgiveness never to be brought before you again. But are we forgetting? Are we letting it go? It doesn't profit you to hold on to it. Touch somebody and tell them, let it go. Let it 
Let it go. Seven says, the impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another step of down before me. Y'all know what Jesus did? His response was, take up your bed and walk. Jesus ignored him. He ignored his excuse. And so the last thing I want you to write down are excuses. All these things are driving your decision. They are driving your behaviors. They are driving. They are driving your surroundings, your cycles, and your excuses are keeping you an impotent man. You know what impotent mean? I ain't talking about the kind where you just got to take the blue pill. I ain't talking about that. Y'all, it's okay. You can laugh in church. My goodness. Like, oh, God. How do you think everybody else got here? I'm talking impotent means the inability to produce. And I think that's the reason the devil attacks us at an early age, because he wants to lock up our ability to produce for God. Oh, he don't mind you getting saved. He don't mind you, mind you shouting a little bit. He don't mind you having a good old spiritual time. But at the end of the day, you're going to be impotent because you cannot produce for God. See, the devil does not care if he loses you. His, his next mission is to make you so you, that you're not effective for the kingdom of God. He's willing to lose you as long as you don't go and get nobody else. So you're doing nothing special by accepting God. And so Jesus ignored what he said. And some of you have said in your heart, God, I want, I, I want to do all I can for you, and I want to get over this, God. But they did this to me, and my daddy walked out on me, and my mama did this, and I was molested at this age. And I'm not making light on this. Tell somebody, it happened. Come on, tell somebody, it happened. It's real, and it exists. We're not going to be in denial, but what are you going to do about the reality of what happened? Mm. Decisions. Yes. I might have been raped. I might have been molested. But it's not going to plague me for the rest of my life. Daddy was never there. But I'm not going to make every other man responsible for what my daddy did. I grew up and mama was a crackhead. But I'm going to love her till God delivers her. Realizing that the devil tricked her and she was under demonic control of other things. So I'm not going to hold it against her charge. I'm still going to honor my mother and my father like the Bible says so I can have long days on this earth. God didn't say make it conditional as long as they was always there. God said honor your mother and father. I don't care if, he, I don't care if your mama was a town whore. I don't care if your daddy was a town pimp. God said to love and honor your mother and father. That's the only commandment with the promise so that your days may be long upon this earth. God didn't say, he didn't give no conditions. So my question to you today, what are your decisions about what happened? See, I believe if we let what other people do to us keep controlling us, it's like it's happening all over again. 
and they are winning. As long as they got control over you, as long as you try to go so far and you see something, somebody that reminds you of what they did and then you tense up and then you just throw everything up in the air, the devil is winning. And, and, and here's the thing. Let me tell you something. The devil is not strong enough. The devil is not strong enough. What they did to you is not strong enough to control your future. Tell somebody, you have a choice. Yes, it happened to me. Yes, it's real. Yes, I'm not in denial. Tell somebody, but I make the choice to be made whole. Jesus said, rise. Look, I got this. It's a yoga mat, but y'all, 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 you know, we kind of low budget around here. But look, he was on this bed, y'all. And it wasn't a bed like, like we, wasn't no silly posture people or nothing like that. He was laying there on that bed. You know why? Because he was there waiting for the opportunity for the angel to stir that water. You know what that represents? People who have been in church every week, every month, go to prayer service waiting for God to move. And so I'm going ma- to make it comfortable for me to sit here. I ain't going to move. Since I'm going to be here, I might as well be comfortable. And, 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 and God said, no, 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 no. Stop waiting for God to move and just realize that my son Jesus died for whatever's going to happen in your life. And you can get up and come in. The first thing Jesus said that, man, get up. He ignored what was going on. He said, get up. He said, get up. He said, rise. Somebody say rise. You can get up. 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 And some of us have been making a bed. Some of us has been making a bed. A place to be comfortable. To be comfortable in our sin. To be comfortable in our dysfunction. We can find justification to do anything. So I ain't gonna be nobody's fool. And so some of us are mean as a snake. Oh, because somebody hurt us and they betrayed us. And we are closing off opportunities for people to bless us. Oh, because we look, we mean as a snake and can't nobody say nothing to us. Touch the bottom, say, touch up the bottom side and say, and tell them, get up. The first decision is you got to get up. That's the first commandment Jesus told a man. He said, man, I don't care nothing about all that stuff. Get up! Then the next thing he said, take up your bed. Somebody got some, somebody get something in your hand and just lift it up in the atmosphere. That represents your bed. That represents your place. Your negative cycles. That thing that keeps you in that place. That thing that keeps you in that negative space. That thing that the devil uses all the time to get you back to. You, you, you're about to make progress and the devil puts you back in bed. First thing God, Jesus said, get up. And then I want you to take control of the thing that's been controlling you. Come on, somebody lift your bed up in the air. Talk to it and say, you hear me? You used to control me. You used to be the thing that kept me from reaching my potential. But today I take control of my bed. When you hold things in your hand, anything you got in your hand, you control. I'm no longer going to let the molestation control me. I'm no longer, tell somebody, look at it, say you no longer. 
you no longer control me. I'm not making light of what happened, but God is saying, you got more control than what you think. You got more say in the matter than what you think. You are not helpless as, look, I'm going to tell you this. You are not what happened to you. That's going to liberate somebody in this place. You are not what happened to you. Do you hear me? You are not what daddy did to you. You are not what your uncle did to you. You are not what your ex-husband did to you. Do you hear me? Take control of the bed. And the last thing Jesus told the man. See, the healing could not manifest until he first got up. He had to make a decision to get up. Then he had to make a decision to take up what used to support him. And the last thing he told him is to take up your bed and walk. It's not enough for God to just deliver you. It's not enough for God just to make the pain go away. Tell somebody, you got to walk. You got to walk. You got to walk. You got to get away from the pool. You got to get away from them systems. You got to get away from those habits. God, I thank you. You got to get away from those things that don't mean you any good. Those people that really don't like you. Those people that really don't care for you. Those people that really don't want to see you do well. How many know that some people got a vested interest in you staying in sorrow? Some people got a vested interest in you not getting well. Some people got a vested interest in you staying broke, busted, and disgusted. Because as long as you stay down on your bed, you always going to need them. But God said, I need you to get up. I need you to take your bed. And I need you to get to walking. Somebody say, get to walking. Everybody standing on your feet. Everybody standing on your feet. I want you to walk in place. I want you to walk in place. That means you're walking away from negative concepts. You're walking away from, yeah, that's it. Come on, come on. Start walking in place. Say, God, today I'm making a decision that I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk away from what my daddy did. I'm going to walk away from what my mother did. I'm going to walk away from the hurt.
Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.